Well, uh, welcome everyone to Skits Up Podcast, uh, another one of our monthly edition podcasts that we've been doing now for a while, which has been, uh, I might say, pretty good. Today, we are lacking one of our, of our regular guests, uh, of our regular hosts, but we have an awesome guest today. So uh, first of all, let's do uh, our introduction. So Darren, uh, say hi. How's it going, eh? Hey, nice. I keep like, I, I always like that Canadian A thing. Well, yeah, eh? <laughs> yeah, it never gets old. It never gets old. No, it really doesn't. <laughs> and, and, you, um, and Javier, you're finally yeah. starting to get it right. It's A, not hey. A, 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 A. nice, <laughs> nice. I've been practicing. I've been practicing. It, it shows. It shows. <laughs> All right. And uh, as a guest today, we have Jeff West, which has... Uh, a YouTube channel, which is, uh, correct me, Jeff, but I think it's around 2,500 um, subscribers, something like that. Yep, which is right around 2,500. Nice, nice. So welcome, welcome, Jeff, to uh, Skits Up. I think that it's uh, your first podcast, right? Yes, it is, and thank you for having me. It is my first podcast. Nice, nice. Okay, so for everyone else from the whole podcasting family, now we've got a first, so that's awesome. all right so um we couldn't get brian so we had to get jeff huh yes yes well it's it's gonna be better it's gonna be better for sure (laughs) all right so um my dear canadian friend what have you been up to oh frustration (laughs) come on how's that the logo is still not back together uh canadian canadian parts oh yeah all it is is all i need is landing gear that's it i just need landing gear but no i don't have that and uh yeah i'm still waiting for parts and then my specter v2 has been crashed twice since we last recorded twice i i I saw a picture wasn't that was that that was two crashes i thought it was just one where you'd lost a tailblade well, yeah, that was the first one. I had, the the second one just happened on Saturday, just the other day. Ah. <laughs> so the first one, I went out to go and visit my parents in Kamloops and took the helicopters with me and went out to my old RC flying club. And first flight of the day, I'm doing actually what I thought was a pretty good flight went up to go and do an auto and I typically auto from the right to the left mostly because my home field we've got a big hill on the left hand side so I prefer to start on the right hand side away from the hill this field however the sun is way up high to the right so I decided to auto from the left to the right and while I can do it I'm not as good as uh, <laughs> autoing from the left side as I am from the right hand side. And I came down and just killed the head speed a little bit too much. And it really only fell from maybe about five feet, but that was enough to break the skids. And it tipped over and somehow it didn't break the edge, the leading edge of the tail blades. It actually broke the middle of the tail blades, like on the side of the blade. It punched a hole. Hmm. Well, yeah, <laughs> I'm still not quite sure how that happened. So 
I, I think it must have hit a rock or something on landing. Yeah. Is what I think. And it didn't and, break. Sorry? It didn't break the tip? Nope. It did not break the tip. It just punched a hole in the side of the tail blades. That's but, definitely. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's definitely an odd one. So that was, of course, the first flight of the day. So I was stuck to just flying airplanes for the rest of the day because that was the only helicopter I had left. And then I got back home and I'm trying to get the V2 skids from my Canadian dealer. And actually, my Canadian dealer does have the V2 skids in stock. However, he also does not have... Remember last time I was talking about a little bit of a tail blowout and I've been wanting to go and try the speed up tail gear. Mm Mm-hmm. And he does not yet have that speed up tail gear in stock. And I didn't really want to go and order new skids for it until the tail gear was in stock. Because why should I pay shipping twice? Because then you won't be able to find the skids. Well, that's <laughs> probably true too. <laughs> so fortunately though, a good friend of mine out here has a Spectre V1. And the Spectre V1 landing gear fit on there perfectly. However, they're also a little bit narrower. And so I went and put those, I borrowed those and stuck them on my helicopter. And so I went flying this weekend on Saturday and got a couple of really good flights out of it. And then I got a good friend of mine who's been flying for a long time too. He's been flying for, I don't know, 15, 16 years, something like that as well. Maybe even longer than me. And he's actually my nitro friend. And I've been wanting him to try out my V2. He's a fantastic pilot, and I know he's been kind of eyeing maybe getting a new helicopter as well, actually considering getting an electric helicopter, which is unusual for him, because he is diehard nitro, diehard nitro. And so, yeah, I he took it for a flight, I you know, and I had to push him, because he wasn't so sure, you know, it's a brand new helicopter, and uh, he was like, well, I don't want to break your new helicopter. Well, unfortunately, he came in for a landing and it tipped over on him oh. and broke uh, broke the the blade grip arm and <laughs> and the tail blades again. <laughs> so that appears to be the only damage. I took it all apart and spooled it up on the bench and whatnot and did a bunch of other checks and tests. And it looks like just those two parts are the only ones broken. So. Those parts are on the way, and uh, hopefully it'll be back together by the end of this week. We'll see. All depends on our wonderful Canadian shipping. <laughs> it's super narrow on that helicopter? It's not super narrow, but it is quite a bit narrower than the V2. Mm. Yeah. So, it is definitely noticeably narrower. And I'm used to it, you know, with my... I have another helicopter, Jeff, called the Yardbird, which is a... Uh, it's a prototype that was made, developed quite a few years ago, and that one has really super narrow landing gear. And so I'm actually used to landing a helicopter with narrow landing gear, but my friend, unfortunately, is not. (laughs) And so it just, it just happened. He didn't quite land in the right spot. He actually tried landing it under power. He thought that might be a little safer, which I kind of disagreed with him on. But anyways, he thought it might be safer to land under power. and. So he got it on the ground and then hit throttle hold 
to let it spool down. And I think he probably gave it a little bit of negative pitch too, which caused it to vibrate. Yeah, tip over. So that'll do it. Yep. It is what it is. So but then I also got to go and fly a couple of his helicopters. He's got a, a T Rex seven sixty that I did a, a flight on. I that's, love it. Yeah, that's a really nice helicopter. Flies very similar to my old eight hundred actually, except just got a better tail. Yeah, and a lot more power. I don't know if it has more power than my old 800 had. I had a T-Rex 800, same motor, and I would say it had the same amount of power. Because mm, I flew an 800, and it did not have the power that the 760 had, but it was an old 800. So mine was the Pro DFC, and I had the 780 blades on it too, which probably made a difference. I did not have the 800 blades on it. Yeah, they do make a difference. Yeah. So, yeah. but. That three-bladed tail on that 760 really helps that out because I did not. I've never been a high head speed fan, and the lower head speed with that three-blade tail makes a huge difference on the holding. So, oh yeah, the tail's incredible on that model. Yeah, yeah. And then the other one is, and I'm kind of disappointed that Frank isn't here to hear this, but I flew a nitro. Oh. You flew a nitro. Yeah. Not only that, it's a fly bar nitro. Fly bar? Yeah. Wow, they don't make those anymore, huh? I know. You've never flown... No, yeah, you have flown a fly bar, haven't you, Javier? No, I've never... I, I'm I'm a no? children of, um, you know, of the fly bar list. You know, I'm too new in the hobby. Jeff, well, have you ever flown a fly bar? Of course. <laughs> 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 there we go. <laughs> So yeah, it was a fly bar an old, it was an old T-Rex 700 with the bell cranks and, uh, man, I tell you, that's actually a really nice flying helicopter. Those old things I'd, it's been a few years since I've flown a nitro and I'd kind of forgotten, but man, my, my friend had that thing set up so well and it just flew really well. Yeah. I mean, it's still nitro, which is not one of my favorites, but, uh, it was still fun to fly it. I'm looking at a Flybard Kyosho Nexus 30 right now. Oh, there we go. There's a classic talk, machine. Talk about old school. Yeah. I've actually got an old Schluter Mini Boy sitting on my uh, on my wall right now that I need to restore. That's what I'm doing with this Nexus 30. Yeah. Restoring it up. Probably I'll never fly it, but at least I'll have it. You want to restore it to full flying condition, though? Oh, yeah, yeah. I might, you know, I figured it'd make some good videos, and I'll probably fly it a couple times and then just stick it up on the shelf. Yeah, yeah. That's what my thought was with this old Schluter is, you know, I'll take it to a couple events and, you know, fly it around as at a few special events kind of thing just for the, for the heck of it. You know? But just other than that, I don't plan on flying it much. <laughs> take back to the old days of flying, underpowered, no cyclic. Yep. Yep. Crap. <laughs> performance. Yep. <laughs> so, but, uh, yeah, no, it was fun to go and, uh, even fly that old T-Rex 700 Nitro. It was, uh, it was kind of cool anyway. So, and I think that's pretty much about it for updates for me that I can think of. Uh, wow. I've been flying, but not as much as I wanted to because broken helis. Yeah. Yeah. But, but, you know, you got to fly. Uh, those were good updates actually. Uh, much better than mine. 
<laughs> That's for sure. So um yeah, I've been um I've been simming because um you know me, I'm uh, I'm in, I'm on a hiatus right now. <clears throat> and anyways, um even if I wasn't on a hiatus, you know, it's starting to get cold here. Although we got hit for with a heat I think it was like a heat wave or something. We got up up uh, to like 72, 73 degrees. I mean, awesome weather, awesome weather. Um, it was not actually very windy because, of course, during the fall it gets very windy. But it was it was you know like like a nice summer day, you no know, wind, uh, very nice and warm, and not super hot. So it was it was a very very good past four days. But you know, I I didn't. I didn't take the opportunity to fly. You know, as you know, I could have flown because I do have working models, but um, but I right now I just don't want to go there, especially because the only place I have to fly is a park, and um, I don't want to go flying to the park unless it's the unless it's the body for twenty. But anyways, I didn't have the time. You know, kids are starting to get busy. Uh, my older son is heading for college, so um, it's uh, you know, life's starting to change a little bit in the Moreno household. So I'm um, getting old. Yeah, I'm getting old. And, uh, you know, and, and I've got, you know, a bunch of personal plans. You know, I'm I'm, I'm trying to work hard on, um, on on career development at work. So it's it's just getting hard to, to find time. But, you know, I've been seeming a lot and uh, I'm trying to learn how to fly uh, because, you know, I'm, I still think of myself as not, um, you know, I can I can I guess I can say that I can quote-unquote, give a show, but I still feel like I'm lacking some of the basics, you know? I suffer from that syndrome, and I tried not to because I tried to do do it the right way. I went through the, that um, freak, uh, that um, thread on Helifreak of, uh, from, uh, from tailing to funnels in six months. So I went through that, and I also did the, uh, what is it, the pilot proficiency program, and I recorded some, some actual videos trying to get those maneuvers on on my youtube channel but but you know i didn't spend enough time on it uh, to be honest with you it just gave me enough confidence to be able to fly around and with my crash rate ratio i definitely feel like i i really need to invest more time into that so these um so this winter i've just been um i've been thinking of well I call it winter because it's cold as winter. I know that it's fall, but um, I was just thinking it's not winter yet. What are you talking? <laughs> I know, about? but for me, for me, you know, for me, we skip fall here and we go straight to winter. Um, <laughs> we do get the colors, but we do, you know, for me, it's too cold. So um, I'm just trying to, you know, get back to the basics. And right now, what I'm trying to do is uh, mostly try to improve my pirouette, basically. So I'm what, what I'm doing is that I have um I have a timer of uh, I think it's five minutes on my radio, and I I lower the head speed of the helicopter, and I just do pirouettes, you know. So I do uh, I usually start inverted because I know that that's my that's what I need to work the most. So if I crash, I I and, uh, and if I restart, I start again with the inverted pirouette. So I I try to devote more time to the inverted pirouette. So I basically just invert the heli and start, you know, I push the rudder, just start, um, start, start, you know, trying to keep the helicopter in a relatively small space to, uh, to just keep balancing it so that it stays in the same place without, you know, flying around too much. And I'm starting to get it. 
uh, when the timer beeps, um, because I have, you know, a beep timer every minute. So when the beep timer goes, then I push the rudder the other way and I start pirouetting the other way inverted. Then when I get the next one minute beep, I flip to upright and I start flipping. Uh, I start pushing the tail and pirouetting on one on one direction. Then when I get this, the next timer, I start pirouetting the other side. At the beginning, of course, uh, there were a lot of times where I didn't get to the full timer. <laughs> um, I had to restart. But I'm getting to a place where I actually am able to finish the whole five minutes and actually probably a little bit more until the uh, virtual battery on the um, on the simulator goes out and I have to land, which is, I think is about eight minutes or so. So, um, so, so are you doing fast pirouettes or slow pirouettes? I'm. I was. I was starting with slow ones at first, and then I started speeding it up. I'm probably about three quarters of the travel of the tail by now. A little okay. bit more when I'm upright. So I'm trying to. I'm. I notice that you know inverted is my is is the one that I'm the weakest. So when I'm uh, when I'm upright, I notice that I can speed up the tail more. So I'm a little bit more there. I'm a little bit faster uh, in there and able to keep it better. But inverted, I'm I'm slowing it down. Uh, try to wrap my head around it, and eventually I I want to keep speeding up. So my goal is to you know basically do full full rudder pirouette. Hopefully when I'm done uh, and I'm I can I can be able to fly again for real. You know a few for a few months from now. So that's that's a goal. I'm also trying to do, you know, pirouettes. So of course, the, uh, the I'm pirouetting. So then, uh, then I I just go and and start practicing some pirouettes as well. And when I when I get bored of that, because you know, practicing is is boring. I know that I have to do it, but it's boring. So to break that boredom, what I do is that after after a while of practicing the pirouettes or a few pirouettes, what I do is just a regular flight, but I'm trying to avoid doing my quote-unquote routine. And what I'm trying to do is just try to move the helicopter in as many orientations as I can. Uh, and I noticed that I hardly ever fly uh, upright backwards, for example. I hardly ever fly like, fly like that. So I try to force myself to go into and fly into directions and flipping into orientations and doing weird things that I'm not used to. So that, um, and the goal being that, you know, when I finally get to fly, that I feel confident enough to, you know, rescue myself out of any situation. So, uh, that's, uh, that's a goal. It's, it, I, I know that, uh, every time that I set myself a sitting goal, I, I set myself pretty ambitious. And I know that I don't usually get there, but at least I have that goal and I keep working towards that. So, so that's what I've been doing. And I'm actually, I'm actually very, very, very happy and I guess you can say overwhelmed by the amount of goodness in the hobby. It, it, I have I have another one of those stories where you just find people that are overly generous and overly amazing in this hobby. And uh, I cannot I cannot you know uh, I'm I'm not gonna uh, gonna say his name just because I know that he doesn't want the attention and the publicity. But he's 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 a he's a good friend and um and it's it's amazing. Uh, basically, I was I was talking to him because, as you know, my story is well, uh, well, well, Jeff doesn't know, but this is this is gonna be my first seven hundred. I basically purchased it for a ridiculous amount of money from a friend that uh, crashed it, 
<clears throat> he determined that it was a um, a rickit. So he purchased a new kit, and I offered to buy his crashed airframe, and he gave me a ridiculous price for it. So I I I bought that, and now um, I'm another one of my goals in the hobby is to uh, finish that helicopter, and I estimate that it, that you know at the amount of money that I'm able to to devote to it, saving up and plus, you know, the taxes and refund and whatever, you know, work bonus and whatever next year. I expect that, you know, around mid next year when the season starts, probably I'll have that helicopter flying. So, you know, I was sharing this with, with my friend and, and he said, uh, well, I sent him a picture and he said, oh, it seems like all you need are electronics. And I said, well, not really yet. There's still a few more repairs that I need to it. Uh, you know, it needs it, it. It has several parts that are damaged that needs replaced. And he said, "Well, but you, well, but you know, you you need electronics." And I said, yeah, of course, I need I need all the electronics. I don't have any electronics for a seven hundred. And he said, "Well, what what if uh, I just send the electronics to you?" And I said, "Well, that would be nice, but um, you know, I can't do it right now. I mean, I I have to save up, and you know, I can pay for them when uh, when next year. You know, I have this whole plan to buy them." So, so, you know, it's awesome because now I have someone that can give them to me at a, at, at a much less price than retail, right? So that's that's awesome, but I cannot, you know, pay them right now. I mean, you have to hold on to them and, and, and wait for me. I said, no, I'll just mail them to you. And I said, no, I mean, don't do that. I mean, I'll, I'll pay them, but I can't pay them that right now. And he told me a little bit of his life story that, you know, out of, uh, I, I, you know, he shared with me. I, I just don't want to share it with you, but. Suffice to say, he has no problem basically, you know, uh, giving away a set of electronics for 700. Wow. So he's going to be sending me basically all the le- electronics, including um, these Kyle Dahl servos, the, uh, what oh, are the, the expert. Uh, expert, the expert uh, KD servos. I mean, not, not cheap electronics. <laughs> I mean, so oh. really, really nice electronics. And, uh, you know, I'm overwhelmed. I'm overwhelmed. He's, uh, he's an amazing guy. And wow. doing this, doing this has just fast tracked my uh, my 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 seven hundred. You know, he he only he only asks for one thing: for me to fly that seven hundred next year. That's all he wants. <laughs> yes. So um, so um, that was amazing. So um, I'll be I'll be receiving those uh, those electronics shortly, probably within the next couple of weeks. And um, and I'm just and I'm, I'm just overly grateful, you know, for uh, for, for that and. Uh, it's one of the things that, you know, I always say that about this hobby, you know, it's just full of people willing to help others. Mm-hmm. And uh, it just, it just, I feel humbled and overwhelmed uh, by, by this amount of, of, of uh, good karma in the hobby, you know? So I just wanted to share that because that, that, that has me, of course, incredibly happy because that means that, uh, you know, the budget that I need to spend into that 700 has significantly been reduced. So that puts my 700 possibly on a shorter time frame to be able to fly it possibly even a little bit before quite unexpected. Uh, maybe who knows? I may be able to do, yeah, I may be able to do it by my birthday next year or something. So th- I'm very happy about that. Very, very happy. So when you say electronics, that motor, speed controller, servos, everything, or just servos? Yes, the uh, ESC servos and motor. When flybarless as well or not? I already have the flybarless because okay. um, I, I, when I, when I originally had this whole plan uh, of, you know, of having basically four helicopters on my fleet. So um, right now I have three and I have one more flyberless uh, because I okay. sold my 380. Yeah. And that was, you know, originally I I, wa- I was going to have uh, the 380, the 420, 
the 500 and the 570. So I had flavorless for all four of them, uh, but I sold the 380, but I kept the flavorless. So I have everything for it. Um, I just need to, to buy, you know, the spares that it needs to be repaired. Um, I actually have the packs, but I want to buy packs okay. because um, because if not, I would have less packs for the 570. So I, I want to buy probably at least just one 12S pack, you know, two to 5,000s. I don't like full packs. I'll probably buy two 5,000s. And uh, and that'll be that'll make the uh, the heli complete. So I'm 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 thrilled. I'm thrilled. I'm very happy. Oh, it's gonna be flying soon. It is gonna be flying soon, my friend. It, Get it, it done. Get it yes. built. Yes, yes, yes. I actually plan to steal a the idea from from a guy that I saw that I saw on internet West Hobbies. Uh, <laughs> I see or something. He uh, he uh, he put out an incredible series of videos of how to build uh, an actual rock ac 700 which is the same model so i'm gonna be taking some tips from him and uh and I'm, i'll probably be do um you know a series of videos but you know on the topic of you know rebuilding it not because it's not it's not a kit so it's just gonna be like the rebuild project so um so yeah i'm i'm pretty thrilled about that pretty thrilled i love the ksc such a great helicopter yeah just another goblin yeah. Oh. <laughs> that's all that's in front of my face right now. What's that? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight of them. Oh, no wonder Javier wanted you on the show. You're just another <laughs> goblin fanboy, are you? Actually, you know what's funny is I'm not. <laughs> so I was a T-Rex person, big Align guy. That's all I flew my whole life, Align helicopters. And about, I don't know, eight months or so ago, I got my first 580 raw build in it for a customer and and it just ever since then I flew that first SAB 580 raw and I was hooked. I had to have every SAB raw series 42580700 electric. I had to have them. And now he's a fanboy. Yep. <laughs> nice. <laughs> you know, it, it's like hard to resist. <laughs> I still I got my T-Rex 760 600 550 You know, I still got all the T-Rex models, but nothing beats that good old raw 580. Yeah, yeah, no, nothing, nothing, uh, nothing can compare quite really to it. You know, from the build experience to the actual beauty of the helicopter. I know that our Canadian friend does not uh, approve that, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> but it's still, it's still true. It's still true. At least, at least you have to give that the build experience is was is awesome. You've seen the manuals, and uh, oh. I think that nothing on the market compares to it. Nothing. Yeah. No. And I've built a lot of helicopters, and nothing compares to a SAB manual. And not just their helicopters, airplanes, all SAB products. Their manuals are the same for airplanes, the jets, you know, everything they make is the same. Nice. Well, you, your, your planker uh, personality might, uh, might like that, Mr. Weens. Mm, no. <laughs> SAB Tortuga. Awesome. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> hey, man, don't 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 hate with it. Just accept it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Nice, nice, nice. Hey, Jeff. So now uh, let's uh, let's shift gears into you, man. Um, what uh, what have you been up to besides building that beautiful rock AC? Uh, building a Puma 700, another Raw 580, a Gowie NX7, and a XL Power 520. 
Nice. You are keeping busy. All at the same time. Wow. <laughs> hour here, hour there, all at the same time. <laughs> wow, to- man. Got more kits sitting in the corner waiting to be built. Wow. Hey, by the way, Jeff, so so you mentioned you mentioned for a customer. So you actually because the first time that I saw it, you know, it kind of sounded like, you know, like a hobby store, you know, or a hobby business, you know, West Hobbies RC. So do you actually have like, a, you know, like a hobby uh, store? No, 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 I, I don't have a hobby store. I get that question a lot, actually. No, no, I don't have a hobby store. I do build for people. Uh, I've never actually came out and said that and just till now, you know, usually somebody will message me on, you know, with my uh, email and they'll ask, you know, hey, I've seen you built this. Well, you build, do you build for people or do you do repairs? But the answer is yes, I do build for people, repairs, heli setups, you know, the whole nine yards. And I do, you know, that pays for the hobby for me, you know, because I work a full-time job. And uh, so instead of like buying stuff or then paying me with money, I'll be like, hey, you know, I need an X Nova motor for my 580 or whatever. I, you know, I need this or I need that. And they'll be like, oh, you know, trade that for the builds. Right. Like that's how I got my 580 kit and my 700 kit was I traded that for a couple helicopter builds. Not bad. Yeah. Not bad at all. That Use sounds pretty hobby. good. The farm, the hobby. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Self-sufficient hobby. That's, that, that, that seems, that seems cool. Instead of, Draining the bank account or uh, or putting stuff on the credit card. Exactly. I yeah. still don't own a credit card. That's pretty. That's, still to this day, have never owned a credit card. Oh wow! Uh, you're you're need, you're wise. Yeah, I'm, I've never owned one. I'm I'm turning thirty this year, and I've never owned a credit card. Wow, that's 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 saying something. I I learned the hard way, so um. I'm I'm I st- I'm still recovering from um, from having too many credit cards at one point, but I did learn my lesson. That's usually what happens. <laughs> <laughs> but it also hurts you too, you know. No credits is is just as bad as bad credit. Yeah. So yeah, how I'll do let- you like then? How do you actually like? Do you have a, a local store that you will buy stuff from, or you you know obviously without a credit card, it's hard to go on pay on uh online stuff and oh, well, I, I guess like, you can do paypal and all the other digital ones like that too can't you yeah yeah i use paypal for everything of course you yeah. know i have my account and debit cards and multiple accounts for different things but uh yeah i use paypal to buy everything yeah okay that makes sense and you know yeah. i mainly opt through heli direct it's pretty much the only place i go and uh so i just you know got my my paypal and, and uh, card on file <laughs> <laughs> nice nice yeah where is it that you're located uh i'm in middle tennessee oh okay yeah in tennessee i'm from florida but i moved to tennessee a couple years ago and uh i'm from uh down there in fort lauderdale so if you don't mind me asking what do you do for a living so i'm basically a mechanic (laughs) i work on cars and and you know and stuff like that Nice. Is that your self business then too, or uh... Uh, I used to own a business in Florida. I used to own a car shop, but now I just work for somebody up here because I got tired of owning the business and the headaches that go along with that. <laughs> you know, the ultimate goal and dream is to pursue the hobby into a full time, you know, career and, and 
business and you know going back to is west hobbies rc an actual hobby shop it isn't yet okay but i'm hoping to somewhat maybe make that a reality in the near future oh cool nice of course you know what they say we i was just listening to somebody else talk about this today you know how to get end up with a million dollars in the hobby <laughs> spend a million dollars in the hobby no you end up with two, you end up with a million by starting with two million yeah (laughs) yeah i never people ask me all the time about how much money is in my hobby within and i just always tell them that i don't ever like to think about it yeah (laughs) because i I, i'll make myself cry yeah (laughs) yeah but it's self-sufficient i mean you you have a pretty good strategy i mean to uh to work within the hobby you know help other guys and um and turn that around for you know getting into the hobby so i mean you have a a pretty good strategy i think and you know it hasn't always been that way you know i've been in this hobby my entire life and uh literally my entire life i started flying airplanes when i was two years old so it hasn't always been that way and you know i always used to go out go to swap shops buy stuff used or get deals online and a lot of people always think that i'm just some rich person or you know, people send me stuff for free and it's, it's, it's not like that. You know, over the years, I finally learned to, you know, instead of spending money on the hobby was to use the hobby to make the hobby continue to grow into what I have now. Hmm. And it has seemed to be doing good. Nice. nice. So you say you've been basically in your, your whole life. Does that mean your, uh, your dad flew or something like that when you were a kid as well? So yeah, uh, my dad and grandpa both actually fly. So my dad bought me a, uh, a Cox Lazy Bee or Bumblebee, Cox Bumblebee, a little foam two-channel airplane, uh, high wing with, uh, you know, little Cox 049, no throttle, like free flight style engine on it. <laughs> yeah, okay. And uh, yeah, that was my, my dad bought me that for my second birthday. And uh, my grandpa taught me how to fly it. My dad and my grandpa would go out to this little field over there by my old house in Florida and uh, I kicked the sticks around and. I didn't really get too, I mean, I was always serious into it, but I think I was about four when we went to Toledo, a swap shop, and I got a kit my grandpa bought. It was a a Sparrow, and we started building it. My grandpa built the airframe. It was a balsa wood kit, you know, sticks, and you had to build everything. Mm -hmm. And I sanded on it, and that's when I really started progressing, and we would go all over the United States, and I would fly airplanes at different air shows and was the youngest pilot in the United States at that time and have multiple different trophies and awards and and, uh, things with my name on it, newspaper articles. And then I found helicopters. And that's all I wanted to do is fly helicopters because, you know, my grandfather flew airplanes. My dad flew airplanes. He kind of started to learn on helicopters. He bought an old GMP cricket at a swap shop. Oh, yes. And that I remember him trying to fly that thing. And then he kind of gave up on it. So I remember being a young kid, you know, back seven, eight years old. And I tried to fly it, too. But nobody I didn't have nobody to teach me. So I had to learn on my own and you couldn't buy parts for it. But my grandfather was a you know welder fabricator machinist by trade. So he would make main shafts and he would be out in the back room carving blades out of wood and reheat shrinking them for me because he couldn't buy blades. We couldn't afford them either. So he would just he would be out there making parts. He made the main shaft. He would make the fly bars and, and you know, the actual bars. He made a couple paddles for me, linkages like he would just be out there making parts for to keep that thing flying. And I learned on it. Wow. How old were you? 
I was probably about seven years old at that time. Oh, wow. So what was it that attracted the helicopters and rather than airplanes? <laughs> What's actually funny is Curtis Youngblood. I seen him fly a helicopter inverted one time, and I thought that was the coolest thing I've ever seen. Ah, yes. Airplanes are great. And I love airplanes. I own a lot of them. But there was nothing cooler than just seeing a helicopter defying physics. And it was just unheard of back then. You know, he was the first person to ever do it. And before that, I just seen everybody flying scales, just flying around in circuits, which is cool, too. But I liked the 3D of helicopters. And I never cared for 3D with airplanes. Still, to this day, don't care for it. But 3D with helicopters, I just thought was the coolest thing. And it was challenging. It's super hard. Not everybody can do it. Almost anybody can fly an airplane. But flying a helicopter, that's a whole day. And I've done everything I can do with airplanes over the years. I've gone over 300 miles an hour. I've built giant scale warbirds. I've won scale competitions. I've got, you know, pylon rate. I've done everything you can physically do. Turbines, prop, everything. Got Mm. bored with it. Helicopters, there's always something new, always something different. Even if you think you know every single maneuver out there, you just make up your own maneuver and relearn it all over again. (laughs) Like it's literally endless, you know, possibilities. And that's what I really enjoyed about the helicopters. And then back then, you know, that's back before, yeah, you know, I think uh, the T-Rex had their first ARF 450 where you could buy the airframe already built, but everything else you had to build. And then Blade came out with the Blade CP, CP and that yellow fixed p- or, uh, collective pitch flat bottom blades. And then they used to sell an upgrade kit for it. <laughs> I've been in it a long time. <laughs> I remember trying to make stuff work. You know, the tail sucks. So I would try to make my own tail like brushless motor when they started coming out and trying to make an ESC, but the gyro never worked. And I'd be up till four or five o'clock in the morning as a kid on a school night flying outside of a street light trying to hover something. <laughs> but I did it. And then, you know, they didn't have people back then were the gatekeeping everybody thought flying a helicopter was something so magical or secretive and nobody would really help so i had to learn radio setup on my own and that's why when i started my youtube channel i always wanted to make a channel where you can actually learn something on a helicopter even to this day i you know we have a lot of great groups on facebook and such that there's a lot of helpful people but there's still quite a few people that are that think it's a secret. And how are we going to progress the hobby or get newcomers into the hobby if nobody teaches them or helps them? Mm-hmm. So that's where my logic was behind it. And, and I wanted to basically give back to what I had to learn myself over the years that nobody would teach me that I had to learn and I wanted to teach them. Mm-hmm. And that's where it turned into today builds the step-by-step build guides and and you know showing people if you're building a helicopter you have a video to go by you can you know i know everybody you could have a manual but sometimes a lot of people are visual they like to look at a video of, of something being built than looking at a manual of it being built yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and there's always like little tips and tricks that right, you go right. through th- that that are better represented there that are not always on the manual or that uh, some things could be done a little bit differently. So um, so yeah, I, I I agree. I mean, uh, and and more in today's world, right? I mean, today's world. I mean, it's I mean it everything's so 
so expensive these days that you know you want you you want to fix something and instead of paying five hundred dollars for a guy to come in and do it, you know, you just go into YouTube, figure out what to do, spend a hundred dollars in tools and parts, and fix it yourself, right? So um, so yeah, I I agree that you know um, putting it on on YouTube is is very good, and of course, being a diehard uh, Goblin fanboy, you know, I went through, and also because you know I have the KC that I need to build. I went through your videos and you know it, it it's great it's great stuff. You go step by step, you show all the little tips and tricks that you've learned through time and um and apply them. So so yeah, I agree. It's um it's definitely a very good medium to to help other people and to show them, you know, what it's like to actually do these. Right. And and you know, I want to see the hel- the helicopter side of the hobby and just the RC hobby in general. I want to see it continue on. And I know, I don't know if everybody thinks, feels like this, but I've noticed in the last couple of years, probably like three or four years ago, the helicopter side of the hobby started really dying down. And I started seeing less and less people flying and less and less hobby shops carrying helicopters. But within the last like two years, I don't know if it's just me or what, but I've seen it really jump and I've started seeing more and more new people getting into the helicopter side and more, you know, of course we have new helicopter models coming out every day from different companies. But I just feel like the last couple of years, we've really, you know, two years or so we've seen the hobby grow and I want to see it continue to grow. And in order to do that, you know, people need to have something to look at or or something to teach them because hobby shops don't really do it anymore. Yeah. And unfortunately, a lot of the hobby shops are starting to die off. I mean, you know, we just recently had that big announcement of only fine heli shutting down too, right? Yeah. That's That's a sad day for, for the hobby really. And, it uh, is, and and I, I I've noticed too that there has been a bit of a resurgence in the last couple of years. I, I do wonder, like I, I do suspect part of it is just d- indirectly because of COVID stuff. People couldn't go out, so they had they wanted to spend their money elsewhere. So I'll be curious to see how many of these people last. I what I have noticed found interesting is how many older pilots that have actually been returning. Like for example. You know, Jamie Robertson all of a sudden just showed up at the at the Nazis this year and ended up getting onto the uh, the U.S. team, right for FA for F three C, or no, it was F three C or F three N that he uh, ended up getting onto the team for. But anyways, and other people like that that uh, over the this last couple of years, where guys have started to get back into the hobby too, which I think is good to see also. It's great. I just had, I I got another customer that emailed me about two weeks ago and he says, Hey, you know, I I haven't flown a helicopter since 2004, 2005, but I would really like to get back into it. What do you recommend? You know, and he's like, I was looking at SAB and so much technology has changed and it was great to see him. I mean, I told him what to buy and what to order and I gave him options of different models and different setups and he went ahead and ordered it. And all of a sudden, you know, I get a text message from today from him today and he goes, oh, I got three more models on the way for you to build. They'll be at your house, you know, and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> you know, he just got back into it. <laughs> but, you it's know, amazing how it, I like to see. It's amazing the addiction of this hobby, isn't it? <laughs> it's, it's crazy. And that's what I like. And, and, you know, a lot of that, I think, has to do with, you know, even the new people coming in is we have helicopters today that we've never had. And yeah. unless you've been in this hobby for a while, 
you don't realize the struggle that we would have to go through to, you know, when I started, we didn't even have tail gyros. We, we had them, but they weren't great they, and they were super expensive. So you just flew the tail. We didn't even have tail gyros really. And you didn't have a model that was precise. It was like a fishbowl all the time. You know, it was very hard to set up a, a precise flying helicopter. You didn't have nothing called bailout. You didn't have rescue. You didn't have auto level. You had ping pong balls on an X and you would bounce the helicopter down the street as you learned to hover. And now you can take an OMP hobby or a goose sky or an e-sheen or anything like this or even a blade helicopter, bind and fly, you have multiple choices and you can go out there and almost hover within the first you know, couple minutes because you have auto level to help you with that or you have rescue to bail you out if you have an issue. And I think that's what's really pushed the newcomers into coming and actually succeeding as well as just the flight performance now. Like the helicopters in today's world fly a million and 10 times better than what we had years ago. Mm-hmm. And, and you know that's just what i personally think of it as anyways because I, I just see it you know like my grandfather flies helicopters and i give him some of these new models and he's just like wow you know, <laughs> like it makes me look like i know how to fly yeah you know it's funny i there's a gentleman out here to west coast of canada who's been flying rc helicopters about the same but since about the 70s kind of a thing and him and i had a conversation a couple of years ago about that the, the technology nowadays and this is actually pre-covid yet too and he was commenting he says you know back in that day he says we'd go to a helicopter fun fly you'd have 20 guys show up they'd be bringing about 40 you know each guy would bring at least about two helicopters so you have say 40 maybe 50 helicopters at an event and you go home with maybe two of those helicopters still flying and oh, yeah. nowadays it's the opposite you know, you might have two helicopters going home broken, and most of them, and most likely, those two helicopters went home broken because of dumb thumbs, and not because of a mechanical failure. Right. It was all yeah. It was always mechanical failure, stuff breaking. Yep. Frames and heads were plastic, and after a while, they got brittle, and they would just break, or the blades were wooden, so they would warp, or they would break in flight. I mean, you have to, I don't know if you remember these days where when you would take your blades off the helicopter, you would put them in special pouches with desitin packs to help keep the moisture out of the blades because they would warp if you left them in your car. Hmm. That I don't, so, I haven't been quite in the hobby that long, but, uh, <laughs> but that's what I remember. You know, I remember yeah. when carbon fiber blades, it was fiberglass blades, not even carbon fiber, but fiberglass blades yes. came to the, and it was a game changer. Yeah, I do remember fiberglass blades that I did. I came, car- in, I came into the hobby right around the end of the blade CP era. era okay, right around yeah. the end of that era. When it started jumping up with yep. technology. Started yep. getting, I learned 3D. That's actually what I learned to fly 3D on was a blade CP with the uh, what they called the 3D optional kit, which was symmetrical wood blades and a motor, a bigger motor and a heat sink for the motor. And that's what I learned yep. how to on. And it wasn't <laughs> nothing special. It was hovering upside down and doing a loop and, loop and a roll. Yeah. Yeah. I remember I, that, that helicopter was getting out of, uh, out of production already when I, when I got in. But I do remember guys flying with that, that helicopter. And yeah, the big heat sink on the motor. And, and it was a brushed motor too, not brushless. Yes, brush. No brushless. Nope. Yeah. And then they came out with the Blade SR. Oh, yes. 
and uh, the video is actually still on YouTube from over 10 years ago. But if you go to YouTube and you type in Blade SR with Torque Tube Tail, you'll see a video that we did of uh, way before I even decided to do YouTube. And my grandfather designed, me and him sat down and I told him, I said, Grandpa, we need to figure out a tail that doesn't suck like this brushed motor. <laughs> so... <laughs> We both started thinking about it, and he's like, well, what do you want to do? And I'm like, I already tried a brushless motor. The gyro still sucks, so we need to figure out a tail that works. So we took a T-Rex 250 tail, like the casing and the torque tube, and we we actually took some Kyosho Nitro RC car gears, and we figured out the gear ratio, and we poured and made our own gears, and we made a torque tube tail conversion kit for the Blade SR. Wow. And I still have that helicopter at my grandpa's house. Actually, it's sitting on one of his shelves. But I flew the living crap out of that helicopter. And we were going to actually mass produce torque tube conversion kits for him. Bolt them in and go. Go from motor driven to torque tube. But that's right when the Blade SR really started fading out. And you know other models came to market. So we never pushed it. But there's still videos out there. Me flying that thing for the first prototypes and testing that tail out. Huh. Anything that's- was better brushed motors that's pretty cool actually i've uh, although to be honest i don't think i would have done a t-rex 250 tail because those tails were awful anyways too (laughs) but that was the only you know option that we had without completely designing our own tail which at that time nobody really knew how to do uh we didn't know how to do and rephrase that you know i didn't know about how to like manufacture parts or anything i was young and my grandfather knows how to build stuff, but he never knew how to like manufacture something like that. So we just, you know, tried to use what we had. We made our own gears and our own gear ratio to give the tail a five and a half to one. So it had a really high tail speed, which gave it incredible tail performance. Hmm. The only thing we used off the T Rex two fifty was the actual casing and pitch slider and grips. Okay. Everything else, we, you know, we designed the torque tube, we made our own tube, we made our own, you know, actual front gears, pulley gear going off the main gear. So, like, we, we figured out the ratio and we poured and made our own gears. And I can remember using, uh, what's that stuff called? Oh, I can't think about it, but we would use modeling clay and we designed, like, we used a little scalpel and we kind of laid out what the gear would look like and then we would fill it in and we would cut our own, like, teeth on how many we wanted. <laughs> To make the mold, and then once we made a mold, we could pour them over. And I still got bags full of the gears that we poured. Wow, that's that, really cool. That's just the stuff I always, you know, I always tried to figure out something new, and that's how I learned so much about flying tails and about how a tail works. And with you know, you should always have a little bit of positive pitch at center stick so you can help fight the torque of the main rotor. And it's a little tips like that that I really like to share to people and. And help get it, you know, because I get that question a lot. How do I have such an awesome tail performance or solid tail right on a maiden flight? Yeah, you know why I get why don't you have to adjust nothing? Because it's just it's if you know mechanics and and you learn that you know the rotor is going to give torque on the tail. So if you can mechanically fight that torque back, the gyro doesn't have to work as hard to just keep a neutral setting. Mm-hmm. And that's just stuff you learn over time. But that was yeah. stuff that what he taught me. I didn't, you know, I just had to learn it. I, anything airplane wise, I could ask my grandpa because that's what he did. That's what he specialized in. But helicopter was just 
<laughs> there was no YouTube to watch. No. Couldn't go on. I mean, I think there was Heli Freak back then just started getting popular. But there was no help. There was no YouTube. Yeah. The good days. And there wasn't as many guys flying as, as there is nowadays either. So there no. wasn't nearly as much help either. There was a group of guys at Markham Park where I used to fly my home field. And uh, there was a group of guys out there that would fly helicopters, but they were very secretive. They wouldn't really help. And one guy would help me with my radio setup until I learned what throttle curves and pitch curves were. But back then, when you were doing a fly barred head, you had so CCPM mixing and this and that and the radio. And it was so much more involved than what it is now. You know, now it's just simple, bam, bam, throw your pitch curves, your throttle curves in, you know, set your tail gain and everything else is done in the fly barless unit. Yeah. And I'm <laughs> a big fan of Icon. I, I don't know what fly barless units you like, but I love Icon. Yeah. I, and, you know, if you fly V-bar, you don't even worry about the fly, the uh, pitch curve or throttle curve anymore either, really. So. I haven't messed with V-bar in years. Yeah. Javier and I are both V-bar control or v-bar users with v-bar control uh, transmitters and i I tell you it's it's the wonderful system i absolutely love it that's how i feel about the icon with an srxl2 it's just a a awesome system yeah and and i have nothing wrong i've actually got a little oxy2 with the uh, that still has a a brain 2 on it and it flies great i have no issues with it at all and to be honest i don't really plan on putting a v-bar onto that one for so uh, for different reasons, but otherwise, for my big ones, man, uh, my I, I do love Brain Icon. It's a great unit, but my personal preference is V Bar. You know, and there's nothing wrong, with, nothing to say that there's anything wrong with Icon or Brain because you're right, it's a fantastic unit. It really is. But uh, I do like my V Bar. <laughs> See, my only issue with with did I've looked at going V-Bar a couple times, but I have a big problem where I only like one radio for everything I own. I'm not the kind of person that can switch radios. So since I have so many airplanes that I still regularly fly, I didn't want to get away from, you know, have a helicopter radio and an airplane radio. Because if I was going to the field with a helicopter or two and an airplane, then I had to bring two radios with me. I actually fly airplanes with my V-Bar. Do you really? I do. I have the V-Bar Control Touch, and the advantage of the Touch is it actually has two uh, knobs on there that can be programmed to be trim controls. And I've actually got a couple of airplanes on my V-Bar Control, and it's, I will say, it's not as convenient as it is, like, to, I've also got a Spectrum DX-18 as well, and it's not as convenient as the Spectrum is for, for flying and whatnot especially when you're first trimming out an airplane. But other than that, it works just as well as any other transmitter. And I, yeah, I really don't have any issues with it. It flies very well. I've been, that was one of the advantages of the touch is that they wanted to make it a little bit more available for airplanes. I I have heard of guys running them with the turbines as well, actually. That's that's actually good to know. Actually, the radio I just got, I've been playing with, is an FR Sky X20S, and I got to say that radio has impressed me. Hmm. But another problem of mine is I have over 150 models, so to switch receivers or fly barless units would cost me a fortune, big time. 
<laughs> and it was just, you know, at least with the FR sky, you know, after I'm done testing and the smaller stuff, that just simple as swapping out, you know, get rid of the SRXL and throw in, you know, an FR sky receiver into that, which is super easy, but I'm not going to go through every airplane, every jet, every warbird and change all no. the receivers. Yeah. That's just course, too much. That is one advantage with the V bar as well is because nothing is actually stored in the radio. It's all stored in the receiver fly bar list unit. Then your model number is virtually unlimited. Oh yeah, that is, yeah, it is cool. Yeah. So I've never even come close. I'm at like 150 programmed into my IX 12 right now. And I still have another hundred on internal plus SD, which is unlimited. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I love my IX-12. It's a, it's a great radio. I love that radio. I, I had an IX-20, and I, I got rid of it because it was just too big. It didn't feel right in my hands. So I went back to the 12 and absolutely love it. I know there's a new 14 coming out I might look at, but it's hard to beat the 12. Yeah. I've actually got two of them. I got a backup just in cases of <laughs> And yeah, my well, old X-9. Yeah, one of the guys I fly with has the 12, too. He's had it pretty much since it first came out, and he's been happy with it. It flies really well. I'm happy that with the latest update, uh, it made it so much better. When the, the the when they first came out, it was super laggy and like very you know behind when you would do stuff. But once they released that new update a couple months ago, it's been been flawless. Oh, okay, I didn't know about that. Yeah, they came out with a new update about six, eight months ago, I would say, because I've been using mine for almost a year now. So it was like right after I got it, they came out with the update. Oh, okay, that's good. But I do like the the gimbals on the X20s though, them dual ball bearing, like holographic or whatever they are, and them gimbals are just so smooth. CNC, it yeah. just feels great. Great gimbal. Yeah. No, the, I I won't be getting rid of my DX18 anytime soon. I actually got that thing when they first came out. It still works great. And, you know, yeah. I, I do quite a bit of, I shouldn't say quite, well, I do a fair amount of buddy boxing for people, both on airplanes and helicopters. And as good as some people really like the V-Bar setup for buddy boxing, I still actually prefer the Spectrum system for buddy boxing. It's and, so nice. Uh, so, yeah, it is. it is really nice. And so... I keep that DX18 and I have an old DX6i for the student and I buddy box guys on airplanes and helicopters on that all the time. And it's a great combination that way. Can you wirelessly buddy box on the, on the 18? Uh, the, the version two can, but mine is the version one. So no, mine is not capable of it. Mine is like I say, mine is the, one of the original DX18s. I actually got it maybe about, two or three months after they were first available here in Canada. And uh, I was actually one of the first ones in the lower mainland. Or, well, I was the first one from this particular hobby shop to get one. And uh, it's been a rock solid radio for me. Uh, but yeah, yeah it's, it's back before it had the voice, before it had the wireless buddy boxing, before it had any of the cool functions that they all have now. Yeah, I couldn't go back without my voice, and, and I love the wireless buddy box. I, mean, I still have a DX9. It does all that, too. And I had a DX18 and sold it a couple years ago. I had a Gen 1. Yeah, it was just mine was. nothing bad to say about it uh, whatsoever. Fantastic radio. Yeah. Yeah. Love that radio. And that's another question I get all the time is, what radio should I buy? <laughs> 
And that's like a loaded question. Yes. I mean, I, I know a lot of people like the Radio Master TX16S, and I have one of those as well, and I'm not a huge fan of it. Um, but, you know, some people hate Spectrum. Some people love Fataba. Some people hate V-Bar Spectrum and Fataba and love Radio Master. I tell everybody, you fly the radio that you like. Yeah. Because it's it's just a, it's a it's a loaded question that everybody has a preference and nobody's yeah. opinion is wrong. It's just what you like. Yeah, you know, you know that's something <clears throat> I find in this hobby too. Is there's so many people that all oh, my way is the only way. Well, no, it's not. I'm going to tell you my opinion, and yeah. you can take it or leave it. And if you you know if you want to look farther into it, great. But that's just my personal experience over the years. Like I don't like Fataba. I had a lot of bad experience with them. They cost me a lot of money, so I will never purchase a Fataba product ever again. Servo radio doesn't matter. But if you've had great luck with your Fataba, then you know I'm glad. I'm happy for you. Some people say the same. They hate Spectrum. I'm a big Spectrum person. I've been flying Spectrum since they literally came out back in the JR days and when they turned into Spectrum with their DX6, which I still have, and I've it's been nothing but flawless for me. And yeah. you know, people hate them. Some people hate V bar and overpriced and it's just like, hey, you know, I think V bar is a great system. I, I really like what they've done. I just can't see myself changing all my stuff over to them. <laughs> well, anytime you have that many aircraft, it's always expensive to change everything over anyways, so and I, you know, I just I love my Spectrum. My, I love the integrated with the SRXL two and Icon. I love the integration there. I love how I can do everything right from my radio. Of course, you can do all that with V bar too. I know that, but it yeah. just makes you know, simple where I can you know real bam bam and I'm done. And you know, it's still cheaper in a way than than a you know V bar flywireless system. Yeah, and it's you know, doing stuff with it. Yeah. So what could go ahead? Oh, uh, because you can't use nothing but V bar with their fly barless systems, right? Well, yes and no. You can buy what they call the V basic receiver, which is quite literally it is a full on Neo, but all of the gyro functions are removed, and so it is acting just like a very just a basic receiver. And then you can take that and you can plug that into any gyro system any fly barless controller anything you want oh, okay so it acts like an s bus receiver but yes exactly okay exactly. yeah so you can go and use it for all kinds of other stuff if you want to now granted it's a very expensive way to do it because even the v basic receivers are not cheap they're you know they're essentially a nine channel receiver and they're probably the most expensive nine channel receivers out there but it is possible to do it yes yeah, and uh, I'm, you know, I know receivers are not cheap, regardless of what you go with. No, but the V bar ones are definitely more expensive. But then so is the the Neo is one of the more expensive fly barless right. controllers out there as well. So. Yeah, they, but you know, for everything, all your options you get, it's a great system. Yeah, and actually, where it's really nice, like I actually had to have had to have one in my. Uh, now demise scale helicopter which i forgot to mention actually there is possibility of maybe getting my scale helicopter back in the air but we'll see anyways and you when you start working with the macro cells that are in the v-bar control 
that makes them really powerful for a lot of scale function. And there are slowly guys starting to use them for scale aircraft and whatnot too, because you can, it's it, it, once you start figuring out how to do macro cells, you, the the possibilities are almost endless. One touch to go and you know to do your gear up with gear doors and everything like that, and everything is all properly synchronized, and timed, and everything perfectly, and uh, all kinds of different things like that that you can do if you get to learn how to program the macro cells. Yeah, that's what I love about Spectrum too is the integrated like gear door synchronizers and all that yeah. stuff or brake synchronizers. You know, I can flip my gear and 20 seconds later it automatically will, you know, apply brakes or, you know, whatever. The, you yeah. can do some cool integrated features. Yeah, and you can do all of that and more with the with the macro cells. They, they, once you start learning it, and to be honest, I'm not very good at it, but once you start learning at it, it's actually more powerful than Spectrum is. Oh, that's good to know. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a good system, but it, yeah, it's uh, it's definitely not cheap. But um, no, but yeah, it's um, you know, but but just as you said, um, yeah, you know, it to each his own, and um, and it all depends. And you know, one of the other big things that um that I always tell people about radios is it's not just about you know, you know, it is partially you know the features of the radio, but uh, it's also, you know, how it feels in your hands, right? I mean, I know that there's mm. people that, that if, if it doesn't fit in your hands, I mean, it may be the best radio in the world with the best features, but if you are keep bumping the switches or your fingers can't fit, then it doesn't work for you, right? So, um, so yeah. Yeah, so, if it's, 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 it's pointless. You can't, you have to be comfortable. So changing topic a little bit here. So you mentioned you, we've mentioned your YouTube channel. What uh, what's the name of your channel? Uh, West Hobbies RC. West Hobbies RC. And how long have you had it now? I uh, just rolled over about a year and like four months. Okay. What kind of things can we typically find on there then? Anything RC helicopter related, from builds, flight videos, setups, repairs, uh, airplanes, RC boats—really <laughs> anything RC, exception of cars. I don't really do cars. Okay, but it's mainly a helicopter channel. I would say ninety-eight percent of the videos posted are all helicopter related. And so you say you started it more just to try and help beginners out, then, or? Yeah, well, I started it. I had a couple friends that kept telling me, like, man, you need to post the videos. You need to post videos. And I'm like, I don't know, man. I ain't got time. So I decided to make the time. And I, yeah, I did it just so I could. I wanted to give people, beginner, expert, you know, novice, 20 year veteran, just something somebody could go to. And if they had a question or they were, you know, questioning something that they had build videos or radio setup videos or, uh, you know, servo wiring. I showed how to crimp your own servo winds, you know, how to make your wiring look top notch. It's something I really like to pride myself in is that my, my builds are probably one of the cleanest wired helicopters you will ever see. Cause I take extreme time and pride into making a helicopter look like a showpiece but still a performance piece that is still, you know, and, and going through like uh, a crash, you know, you're going to crash a helicopter. So pretty wiring is great, but it needs to be maintenanceable. 
So I show, you know, put a servo connector here, put a, you know, a, a two millimeter bullet here so you can, you know, separate this when you're working on your model. And it's just little things I like to show for people to clean up their models or, you know, if they question how to wire something or build a head, you know, the proper way to grease a head or build the bearings. Because believe it or not, you know, I see it a lot where the thrust bearings are always in backwards or wrong or just give somebody tutorial videos and, and helpful videos. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I don't I do the videos because I enjoy the hobby and I love it and I don't make barely any money off of the videos whatsoever so you know i get a lot of people that say you know oh well you just make so much money off of it and i I don't i do all these videos and i post you know two to three to five videos every week oh wow minimum of three videos every week this week there'll be four so do you have any sponsors too oh yeah i have uh i have quite a few sponsors my very first sponsor actually was micro heli and uh they've been my longtime sponsor they they got with me since i was a little bitty channel at like 150 subscribers and i do a lot of stuff for them a lot of prototype testing and all that kind of stuff and videos for their you know for micro heli like how to build their models or their frames or whatnot and uh horizon hobbies i have been uh sponsored a couple times through horizon hobby they've sent me a couple different models and they've actually sent me a couple more heli direct i'm a team pilot for heli direct as well as icon and torque servos love heli direct i've been shopping with them for over 10 years so i was very very happy to get on that band bandwagon uh, goose sky i am officially a team pilot for goose sky as well and sponsored by them but that's pretty much it i mean i don't get stuff for like i get i get some models sent to me for free for video purposing but everything else that's on my channel was either paid for by me or uh gifted with a decent discount from you know other companies okay uh one thing too is i'm very honest um i will never you know push a product or a company unless i 110 percent believe in it like micro heli i've been shopping with them for as long as i can remember for the micro aftermarket parts uh, Heli Direct. I've been shopping with them since they got like in the helicopter world. So I I don't like I don't want to be one of those channels that you know like I turn stuff down all the time. I get reached out to for certain particular models and stuff that I feel like are too to- cheap or like toy grady, and uh, I don't I don't like to do that. I don't like to push. You know I know people work really hard for their money. And while they might send me a free model for a review, I don't want to push it like you have to spend your hard-earned money on it, and it's not really good. So I always very honest with the reviews that I do for products, and you know I'm always just that's this is what I like about it. This is what I don't like about it. This is my opinion on it. Yours might be different. Mm-hmm. Just because I'm tired of seeing some channels, some bigger RC channels that get everything sent to them for free and they do it for the money and not because they actually love the hobby and, and i love the hobby you know yeah. it's a life that is uh, it's, it's something i've always done my whole life you know, i've never taken a break from this hobby i've never walked away from it i eat breathe sleep talk walk everything rc <laughs> no trust me my nice. wife will tell you she gets tired of listening to me 
You know, most guys go to the bars or go out to clubs. I'm sitting home trying to figure out what to buy next or look up on an RC helicopter today. So are you a member of a local club then as well or not? Oh, yes. I'm uh, I'm a member. My main field that I fly at is uh, the Coffee County Airfoilers here in Tallahoma, Tennessee. And that's the club that I'm joined to. But they're all, you know, there's two guys out there that fly helicopters. Everybody else's airplanes. There's not a lot of helicopter guys up here in my area at all. Mm -hmm. There's probably three in my whole area that I know of. So I try to get people into helicopters up here. And I've gotten a couple of guys into them that never even wanted to touch them. And now that they love flying them. Yeah. Do you attend a lot of events as well? Uh, I've been starting. So I did it for a little while, but now I started like Urcha and a couple other events. I'm go- I went to already and I'm going this, you know, whatever's coming up, I think next month. I can't remember what event it is. I got to look, but I'll be going to that event as well. Nice. Fun vlog. And just having a good time. Well, okay. So you're talking earlier too about the uh, trophies and whatnot from when you were a kid. Did, did you actually compete with helicopter stuff then as well, or just airplanes? No, I only competed with airplanes. Okay. Until recently, I had never gone out to fun flies or competitions with helicopters. Only airplanes. Oh, okay. And then couple years ago i would say about two years ago is when i got back into helicopters because i took a break from the helicopter side and focused mainly on the scale warbirds and stuff that's what i was really big into doing so i took a break from the helicopters for a little while and then i stayed with the airplanes and then finally right before i started my channel you know back up or started my channel i just said you know i'm gonna uh, this is what i want to do I want to become the best that I can possibly be. I want to make these videos for people. So I'm getting right back into helicopters. And at the time when I started my channel, I had three helicopters. Right now I have 37 helicopters. Holy. So what would be your main go-to heli right now? My main go-to helicopter is either the raw 580 electric or nitro. Cause I, you know, one of those two or the raw 420. Oh, okay. Or my main, okay, let me rephrase that. My main daily flyer would have to be the Goose Guy S2. Like, that's the one I always bring with me no matter what, and I fly pack after pack through it. Hmm. So are you a big heli guy or a small heli guy? I love all helicopters. (laughs) But if you ever had to narrow it down to just one, would it be a big one or a small one? I I don't think I could. (laughs) Come on. I, I, it, if I had to get rid of every helicopter I own and only keep one, it would probably be the 580. Okay. Well, that's a reasonable answer. That, that's my favorite, the electric and the nitro both. I love both of them. I mean, they're just, I, I can't explain it. They're just incredible machines, and it's like an extension of my fingers. Uh, they're both just fantastic. But I yeah. love my helicopters too. I got a bunch of micros and I got a, you know anything from a Blade Nano to Blade MCPX. I love all. You know, I don't like to discriminate against brands or this one or that one. I like I just like anything that has a rotor, a main rotor and a tail rotor. Mm-hmm. I don't care who makes it. Uh, I, that doesn't bother me. That doesn't influence me on, on the model. If it's a good model, I like it. If it's a bad model, I'll tell you it's a bad model and I don't like it. Yeah. And I like the cusp, you know, I'm a big three-blade person. I like three-bladed helicopters. Oh, do you? Every micro that I have is three-blade, exception of my S2, because Micro Heli hasn't come out with a three-blade head yet. I really hope they do soon. 
my 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 Infusion 180, my Fusion 180, my uh, my M2, my M1, my BL2, my Nano. They're all three blades. Hmm. My 230, three, every every one of them are a three blade. Even my 760, I have a three bladed head for. I usually fly it with a two bladed head, but I have a three bladed. Okay. I wish they would make some like I love the KSC. Uh, the KSC is not my model. That, that's a customer build. But I have a raw 700, and the only difference between the two is three blades. Yeah, yeah. So I thought about buying the three-bladed head and tail for my raw 700 because I just love that three-blade sound and cyclic pop and feel. But so like, are you? Oh, go ahead. Oh, I just said I like them all. Yeah. So are you a nitro or electric guy? So I'm a nitro person by heart. Nitro airplanes, nitro boats, nitro anything. Helicopters, I will say, until recently, I was only electric, diehard. I have a T-Rex 600 Nitro, and I love that helicopter. I've had it for eight plus years now, but I was mainly electric. And that's, but the Nitro Raw 580 really brought me back into loving Nitro. And I just, I, I, I would, I prefer electric all day. Uh, I love the power and, you know, the insane power of an electric bottle, but something with that RPM, the head, you know, the, the smell, the smoke, the, the, the oil burning, there's nothing beats that. Hmm. I would disagree, but, but oh well. <laughs> <laughs> nothing beats the smell of some cool power synthetic oil burning, like a 30% nitro. Oh. Smell so I could literally start one in my garage right now and just smell it while we talk. <laughs> no, I just have a personal thing against nitro. That's all. Um, I don't. I mean, I I I appreciate it. I would never own one. What's wrong with nitro? I don't. I don't uh, like all that it entails. You know, for <laughs> me, it's kind of like a separate soup hobby that I have no intentions to go into. You know, I don't want to. I mean. I get it for people that are more mechanically inclined, probably like you, you know, that you like to rebuild the engine and stuff like that. But, um, you know, uh, it's not for me, you know, for me, I just want a helicopter that's simple, that that's easy, that that uh, turns up every single time that I use it unless something's completely broken and that just flies perfectly and that I can, you know, my my goal is, um, you know, I don't know if I'll ever achieve it, but I, I want to fly, you know, hard 3D. And, um, you know, electrics are perfect for that. You know, they just oh. give you instant power. They just do everything. Uh, I know this whole thing about nitro and you, you can learn to fly better because it speaks to you and all of these things. I mean, I get it, but it's not for me. You know, I don't like the mess. I don't like the, uh, that it's not as reliable as an electric. Uh, I don't, I don't like the, uh, you know, the storing of gas in my house. Uh, well, of fuel in my house. I don't like, uh, you know, there's a whole bunch of things that I don't like around what entails a nitro. So that's, that's why, you know, I, I won't ever, ever have a nitro. I'm sure of it. I just like the convenience, you know, um, and I also, uh, you know, I have very, I, I love the hobby, but I have very little time to do it. And I'm probably at the worst stage in my life where I have even less time, you know, with a, with a, with a kid going to college and trying to progress into my professional career at, at work. Where I just, the time that I have to fly is very small, which is usually just Saturday mornings and just for a couple hours. So I need to make the most of it. I cannot go in and have a failure or because, because the, 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 the darn thing won't start, you know? 
uh, all these stories that I keep hearing about Nitro that, you know, it's not as reliable as an electric. So I just need something that I know that can work, that I can fly with, that is reliable, that's not going to take me a while to do a lot of maintenance on it. You know, electrics, just leave them there. You don't have to worry about draining the tank. You don't have to worry about anything. You just need to worry about recharging a battery, go and fly. So, you know, to me, to me, that's, 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 uh, that's, uh, you know, what I like about the hobby, right? I don't want to uh, go into all that additional burden, as I see it, of, uh, of owning a Nitro. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, everybody, you know, to me personally, I, if I have a Nitro model, it, I don't care if it sits for 10 years, 12 years, even 15. Like the other day, I started an airplane that's been sitting for over 15 years. Put fuel in it, put a glow driver on it, spun it one time by hand by the spinner, fired right up, ran like the day I put it away. If an engine is broken properly and, and, you, and you know how to tune, I, I don't ever even have issues with my nitros. I can take, you know, with onboard glow, super nice. All you need is a starter, fuel up. I flew 12 flights the other day on the Nitro 580, went to the field with a gallon of fuel, and that's it, my starter. And I just flew all day long. But again, you know, Nitro is not going to have the power of an electric. So for Smack, but Nitro will, I will say that Nitro really does teach you collective management. We have gotten so used to the power of an electric helicopter that a lot, you know, if you screw up, you know that you have the collective power to push yourself out of it or pull yourself out of it. So I just personally think that a nitro helicopter really helps you hone in on that collective management and being smoother with that collective stick because you can bog a nitro very easily. So, but you know, everybody has their preferences. Everybody likes what they like. I know people that hate electrics and they only fly gas or nitro. And I know people that hate gas, only fly nitro or hate, you know, nitro and gas only fly electric. Yeah. It's, it's, makes you happy whatever you get to enjoy your day if you, if you don't want to mess with the nitro i love it see i love messing with engines i love you know tuning an engine so it's so perfect that it purrs like a kitten and runs all day long yeah yeah exactly exactly and you, you know it's uh it's kind of like you know as i said you know if you're if you like that if you're mechanically inclined and, and if you like that aspect i mean that's fine that's why there's so much variety actually in the hobby right i mean we have turbines we have uh gassers we have nitros we have electrics so there's there's a lot of variety for you know for everyone and um yeah i just i just like the convenience of of electric and and, and the power that that it can give you and you know as, as you said you know it's it's something more to worry about or something more to learn or something more to do that i just don't want to go i you know i've got my hands full trying to fly uh, as it is <laughs> trying yeah. to keep it in one piece so yeah, I just uh, you know I found I, I found uh, you know my my comfort zone as far as you know building, configuring, and tuning and all of that. And I still have a lot to learn. You know, um, I know that as I progress in uh, in in my let's call it three D progression, you know, I know that I need to keep learning more and more and more about you know how to get that thing to run fine because you know it's not the same thing that you're. Uh, pulling a, a funnel at a full collective than if you're just doing it halfway, right? I mean, it's completely different. So the 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 you the tail blowout that you would never experience, you might experience it when you start pushing it more. So you know, there's there's still a lot to learn, uh, a lot to learn, a lot to progress into. So um, 
I just don't want to get that layer on top of that, you know? But the one thing I will say that's super nice about about Nitro when you're learning maneuvers, like 11 minute flight times, you can you can just go out there and just practice. And that's what I was doing with the 580. I've been really practicing left and right pyro flips because I'm really good at right rudder, but I'm not good at left rudder. So I was out there flight after flight. I mean, 12, 11 minutes, I had my timer set for it. I was just doing pyro flips the whole time. And I, you know, I would land, refuel, take right back off and keep doing it again. And, and that's what I really like about Nitro is I like the long, I know you can have multiple batteries and, you know, of course, if you have a good charger, which I do, you can charge really quickly. I just love that long flight time without having to land. Yeah. 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 That's, that's if it's running fine, as you said, you know, if, if you already have that machine running as it should be, I just. Uh, you know, I, I just, I, I don't, I don't, I don't want to sound too negative, <laughs> but, um, but it's just that, you know, I, uh, I, I, I would have to reach that level of proficiency first, right? Uh, the level of mechanical proficiency to be able to have a reliable nitro machine that could achieve that goal. You know, I still have long ways to get there. And I, I really don't feel that I, that, that I, w- I want to go into that path. You know, it, it, it would slow my progression. While I go through all that until I get to a state where I have a reliable machine, which is what I have today with electric. So that's that's why I just, you know, I get your point. I get your point. And I'm probably if I ever flew a nitro, which would only be a goblin nitro, of course. Of course. But if I ever fly a nitro, you know, I probably would enjoy that. Would enjoy it, you know. But but I would never own one just because of all that burden of all that additional layer of learning that. I really don't want to get into because I what I want to focus is the flying. I want to focus in improving uh, my skills with my reliable machines and uh, just go for it. So um so yeah, I, you know, as I said, I don't want to get into a big argument, but uh but you know no, that's that's why, you know, I'll, I'll I don't like nitro personally. I I feel the same way about gas. I hate gas. Like I can't stand the smell of gas. I can't stand just the, the you know, gas leaking. I I'm not a gas person. Like every airplane I own is all nitro. I have some big nitro engines. I just don't like gas. I have a gas boat, but that thing stinks. <laughs> it makes my garage smell like fuel. I was going to ask you about that. Whether you feel you, what about what about flying the gas on Coleman fuel? On what fuel? Coleman lantern fuel. I don't think I've ever ran it on lantern fuel. Oh, really? no, because that's that. I know there are there are definitely have been over the time a lot of heli guys that have actually run their gas or helicopters Coleman lantern. So I have not tried that. I've I've thought about building a gas helicopter a couple times, but I have a big problem with a gas helicopter, and it's just my OCD and my pet peeving. But I'm very OCD with a helicopter and my builds and how clean they are. And uh, if you watched any of my videos, you would see how clean I like to build. And then you take a gas and you have a big tuned pipe hanging out one side and then a big carburetor hanging out the other side. And it just drives my OCD nuts. Like, I don't think I could ever own that. <laughs> and look at that. Like, and, and it's just me. You know, I'm not saying nothing bad. It, 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 I just, I don't, I just couldn't do it. And then on top of that, how bad gas stinks. It just stinks. Your car stinks. Your house stinks. My wife yells at me if I start a gas boat in the garage. I mean, she yells at me all the time when I start anything nitro because I like to smoke the whole house out. But it's just at least the nitro smells good. Like it's like a candle. But gasoline just smells like carbon monoxide and it, just, it doesn't smell good. 
And then you topple that with an ugly pipe and a carburetor sticking out each side of the helicopter. And I just, I can't do it. <laughs> Sounds like a lot of people don't like the sound of gasoline engine of the, the gasser engines too. I love the sound of it. Love yeah. the sound. Especially that two stroke on a pipe. I love that sound. That screaming, awesome sound. I just can't stand now. Now I will run a gas engine on alcohol. That'll do no problem. Oh, that'd be interesting. That yeah, that would be airplanes. Like uh, when I used to race uh, quarter scale pylon planes, the big boys. We used to run two hundred and sixty plus miles an hour around the pylons, and we would take gasoline one hundred and seventy cc engines and convert them to alcohol and build them to two hundred cc's, and they produce big, big power, but they drink a lot of fuel. And you know, alcohol burns five <laughs> times faster. Yes. Yeah. So we would go through 40 ounces, 50 ounces of fuel in four minutes. And it gets very expensive. Yeah, I was going to say one of the advantages that gasoline it has, gas, gas or helis have over nitro is cheap. the cost of the fuel. But yeah. at the same time, when you're converting to alcohol, you're no longer cheap anymore. That's for sure. <laughs> no. <laughs> at that point, I'll just stick with a, uh, uh, you know, a, a, a nitro. <laughs> Then it won't look ugly sticking out the side. <laughs> well, you still got that big pipe on the side of a nitro heli, though, too. Not as not big, like, but yeah, not like a tube, like a two-stroke tomb pipe. And thing I seen, uh, I think Ben Stork posted a video, and it had that big old like half unicorn-shaped pipe coming out the side of it. Yep. Ben Stork's a guy. I, I like Ben Stork a lot. I talk to him all the time. Great guy. But that pipe is just ugly. <laughs> just yeah, I can't do it. I think that's Doug Darby's helicopter, I think, isn't it? I think so, yeah. Yeah. And nothing against it at all. Nothing against it. I just it's just not for me. <laughs> uh, if you put a regular pipe on the side of it, but then it still has the carburetor sticking out the other side. Now if they relocated the carburetor, like did like a U shaped manifold and put the carburetor in the front and got it out the side of the helicopter, then we're talking. Well, maybe that's what you need to do is design a new gasser helicopter. That is a good idea. <laughs> there we go design a gas helicopter that's sleek have you ever actually designed a helicopter from scratch i have not one? nope i have done a lot of modifications a lot of different modifications to helicopters over the years but i have never designed my own i have thought about it multiple times yeah because i've had some really cool ideas for a helicopter and i have a really cool idea now and I would really like to figure out a way to make it come to reality. It would be a like six to 700 size machine, but I just think it's something that's not on the market. It's something that nobody is making. Hmm. And it would be really cool to figure out a way to design that into reality. Hmm. I, I, th- I just think that would be something really idea interesting to make. Yeah. But I'm excited to see what comes out next. You know, I'm excited to see what new models we got coming to the market. Yeah. I know of a couple that are coming and I think they're going to be a really good game changer. Yeah. But I, I, I know SAB's just been killing it with their models and they've been coming out with so much stuff. So has everybody. I know XL just came out with the V2 uh, Nick Maxwell edition. And- yeah. We actually had Nick on our uh, last recording, actually. Oh, uh, wow. Which will be actually, well, today is the 25th uh, that tomorrow the Nick Maxwell edition will be released tomorrow on the 26th. Yeah, and, I'm not, uh, I'm not, 
Maxwell, but so I do yeah. appreciate you guys having me on. Yeah. Well, yeah, just, you know, it's, hey, they had me on as a guest, so we're not quite as, at the bottom of the barrel yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I try to do something. I just don't know what I do. And somehow I just never left either. So, yeah. <laughs> so what about turbines? Have you done that? Oh, yeah. Not turbine yeah. helicopters, but turbine yeah, airplanes. That's, that's what I mean, turbine helicopters. No, I would like to. That's one I want to. I, I got the fly one at Urcha. Uh, it was an awesome experience, but I do want to build a turbine helicopter at some point in time. Hmm. Scale or 3D? Uh, 3D. Okay. I would like that. I want to build a scale helicopter. I really do. I just, I don't know. I want it. If I do a scale helicopter, I want big. Yes. I want big. I don't want a seven or an 800 size machine. Don't get me wrong. Super cool models. But I want a big, I want something where people are like, you know, damn, like that's an impressive helicopter. And 700s are impressive in a scale body, but I want to go massive. You know, I seen a quarter scale and a third scale at Urcho, and I was just like, that's what I want to build. Yeah. Yeah. Years ago, I had the opportunity to do a number of flights on a one-fifth scale Lama. Oh, wow. That was a beautiful helicopter to fly. Amazing helicopter to fly. But then, you know, who who makes scale helicopters that big? You know, then it gets into machining and making my own mold, which I don't mind making molds. You know, I've made a lot of molds over the years for airplanes and my own custom fiberglass parts. And that, that stuff doesn't bother me, but it's the mechanics part of it. Like, I could make a body. Yeah, uh, I can make a mold, no problem, and pull a fiberglass body out. Well, the then, one that I flew was actually a Starwood Lama, which was made by Vario. They make they've got several that are you know nine hundred thousand uh, millimeter size blades. And who is that? Vario. 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 V V A R I O. Vario. Vario. I'm gonna write that down. Hold. Let <laughs> me find me a pen and paper here. I got a sharpie. I guess that'll work. They still make my dream scale helicopter. What was the name? Of- the Ericsson Skycrane is the one I want, would like. Vario is the company. B A R I O. And they make a, I think it's a 900 millimeter size Ericsson Skycrane or the original Sikorsky uh, air crane. And I would love to have one, but Canadian dollars, we're talking $10,000 for that thing. Oh, yeah. I know it ain't cheap. That's and you, you're actually building this thing too. Like you, you're, you're not just assembling it like a normal helicopter. You're actually doing some building and whatnot as well. I love that. Like right now I'm building a Gowie NX7 and it really takes me back to the way it used to be where like your instruction manual was pretty much useless. <laughs> you just garbage can and you take your bag full of screws and you just figure out where everything goes. With the dinner plate uh, main gear. I haven't seen one of those in a long time. A uh, Gowie? The, the NX-7, specifically. Yeah. It's a, it's a brand new model. I got some, uh, you know, a guy reached out to me through email and asked if I would build the Gowie for him. And I said, sure, I've never built the Gowie before, but send it on over. <laughs> and here we're running the OS-105 HZR in it, regulated. And, and, you know, BK servos, Icon 2 HD. You know, the DLSRXL2, the SMX satellite. 
X guard glow driver. And, you know, I love the onboard glows. Yeah. But it, it's a super nice model. I'm excited to get it finished. I got it on my, it's pretty much sitting on its skids and I'm about to start wiring it and doing all the electronics. Those cool. build videos will be coming out very soon. They're not out yet. Cool. I try to record a bunch of videos. Some videos everybody sees the next day, and sometimes it takes a couple of weeks for them to come out. <laughs> I know that feeling only too well because this this podcast will probably only be coming out in four weeks because <laughs> it takes me about six to eight hours to go and edit these things. Yeah, and, you know, that's something a lot of people don't realize too. Is like with the build videos that I do, you know, those are step by step build videos. So for a thirty minute video that you're watching is about four and a half hours of actual recording time. Mm-hmm. And then by the time I edit everything and get it posted, it turns into a thirty minute video. And I work full time. I work forty to fifty, sometimes sixty hours every week. So when I get home from work, I immediately I'll take a shower. I'll stuff my face with something to eat and I'll run into the garage and I'll try to get an hour or two of building it just so, you know, I can continuously post videos for everybody to watch. And that, that's my whole goal, especially when I'm doing build series is, is I just want, I want to, you know, I want to be consistent with my uploading and not just the same thing. I want to give something new. Every video is something different. Yeah. What is typically a lead time for you for a video? From recording uh, to posting, usually a couple days. Okay, it just really depends on like what I'm doing. Like, uh, what was it? Saturday, I went out and I filmed a bunch of flight videos. So those will come out through the next like two to three weeks. You know, throughout here, one will be out this Friday, one will be out. You know, the next Friday, kind of those will be like my Friday videos. You know, the KSC videos they came out every Monday. And that helicopter has been done for about two weeks now, week and a half. So, and we, you know, the last build series just posted and then Monday, the maiden flight will come out. And then tomorrow I'm going to the field again because I'm off work. So I'll be doing some more flights on the KSE, some more Puma 700 flights because, you know, I was did that thing on 6S and then I put it back to 12. So I'm excited to fly that. And uh, I got that XL520 over there that I just finished up. And that wasn't a build, though. That's just a rewiring cleanup job. But then, like, MicroHeli will send me something. Like, I got some prototype parts coming in this week, and they want videos out, like ASAP. And uh, the X20S radio, you know, Heli Direct wants me to make a video for their channel. So that video is like takes priority over everything else. So whatever video I was working on today, tomorrow, or the next day gets put on hold and has to get worked on the following days after that. Mm-hmm. I'm always busy. You may only see a couple videos a week, but I'm literally, I, I never stop. Yeah. What kind of equipment do you use for your video stuff? I use a good old trusty iPhone 11 and a GoPro 8. Oh, really? So what do you do for your, what do you use for your actual flight videos? Uh, GoPro Hero 8. Okay. Just on a hat cam then? Yep. Just on a head cam. And then every bench, anything bench related is done on my iPhone 11. Okay. What about software? Editing software? I use iMovie on my tablet. Okay. Wow. Keep it very simple, very easy. I'm not very technical savvy with computers. Hmm. I do want to get into a better video editor though, because I want to, you know, I keep, everybody keeps asking me for stick 
video, like stick cam video. And I can't with an iPad, you cannot use iMovie to its full potential like you can with an Apple laptop. iMovie is a very good editor on a laptop, but on the tablet or your phone, it's not the best. So I can't do like movie and movie or picture and picture, whatever you want to call it, without okay. it being. Yeah. And, and some I of that software costs a lot of money too, and there's big learning curves to it too. Huge learning curves. I, I downloaded one and I paid like a three month subscription and I just deleted it. Yeah. I was like, I, I don't have time to try to figure this out. <laughs> I just don't have time. <laughs> yeah. You know, my wife's great though. She always helps me with that kind of, even though she's not technical savvy, but she has more patience than me. And uh, she'll sit there and figure it out. And then she'll be like, this is what you got to do. I'm like, thanks, babe. All right. Appreciate it. I'll move on. <laughs> yep. It's not, you know, and, and you know, I was, of course, I always got a you know, huge thank you to her for putting up with me and doing all this videos and, and stuff like that, taking care of, because I do have a daughter as well. Okay. So I have a kid. I have a full home life, you know, full yeah. marriage, kid, work. But I still, I'll, I, I will literally get a couple hours of sleep every night just so I can post videos. Hmm. That's the dedication. Yeah. Because that's what I love about it. I just, I just like doing it. I enjoy the videos. I enjoy spreading the the knowledge, the love, the help. And then, of course, you know, everybody. I'm so thankful for everybody that watches my channel because without everybody watching my channel, it would be nothing. Yeah, yeah. And, and I'm not saying it's big at all. You know, 2,500 subscribers is not a big channel, but it, in the RC world, it's a good size. And of course, I would like it to get even bigger. Yeah. Well. Hopefully we can uh, get you a few more subscribers with the, the well, now that you've been on the podcast too, but another I, two or three subscribers anyways. Hey, every subscriber counts. I know I, <laughs> I mentioned the podcast on Monday's video and I, I didn't know that. I thought it was like live podcast. So on my next recent video, I'll update it for the 26th of November, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah, I'll, I'll make that. I, I, I pinned your comment in there and, that way everybody can see, but I'll make a, a like an updated part of the video. That way I could give you guys a shout out too, because you know yeah. I appreciate having me on. Uh, I'm yeah, I'm nobody, you know. I'm just a regular person. You ever listen to any of the other podcasts as well, or not? You know what's funny is I had no idea there was even a podcast whatsoever. And a good friend of mine, uh, Jeff Mayo, I got to talking to him. He's like, "Yeah, man, I listen to him every you know every month." And I'm like, "What you what?" How did I not know about this? <laughs> he's like, yeah, because he's a farmer, so he'll be in his tractor. He's like, I get in my tractor and I put him on and I just listen to him. And I'm like, well, nobody told me. My wife's like, I told you to look on Spotify. I'm like, well, nobody asked you for your opinion. Just <laughs> like, how did I not know this? <laughs> no, there's a bunch of really excellent podcasts out there, actually. So, really? yeah, uh, they're heliheads. They're a bunch of morons. I mean. Sorry, yeah, no. Uh, free fall, although unfortunately, free fall is shutting down in a couple of months. And uh, what is there? A maximum collective? Telerotor. Uh, Telerotor, yeah, or we nicknamed them Telemotor. Telemotor, yeah. Um, RCHN, of course. RCHN, RC Nation, yeah. And what else is there right now off the top of my head? I I'm missing some. I think. I think those are the ones that are active, aren't they? Because there there were a whole bunch of them, but they slowly died down. Oh, um, there is Houdini still occasionally posts as well. 
Yeah, yeah. There was one from Australia, the uh, inverted down under, but they they died. Yeah, they haven't posted in a long time. Bert, Bert uh, and Kyle were doing one for a little while, but they haven't uh, done theirs in a long time. I know my wife, she was like, you should start a podcast months ago. And I was like, I don't have time for that. <laughs> yeah. Like, I just, you know, I I want to, you know, I do want to start posting some live videos because I know, you know, everybody likes lives. But the problem is, is when I'm working on or, you know, building something, it's two, three, four o'clock in the morning. And ain't nobody going to watch it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure somebody's up, but, you know, it won't do good during the daytime. I, I'm working, so I can't ever get a good time for a live. But I want to start doing like a live once a week, you know, maybe on Saturday night or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, if not, if not, you know, it'll be recorded. But you never know. I mean, we're we're sometimes surprised when we look at the analytics, and there's people listening to us, you know, all over the world. Of course, most of the listeners come from North America, but you know, there's there's a lot of listeners around the world, and you never know. You know, Saturday night might be their, you know, Sunday morning when they actually are on their computer. So, um, so you never know. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to figure out a day and I'm going to start doing just like so I can interact with everybody because, you know, I just I appreciate everybody so much. And, you know, everybody that emails me or messages me on Facebook or, you know, wants to send stuff to me because, like I said, you know, without everybody's support, it wouldn't be nothing. You know, I wouldn't have the motivation to continue because there was a couple of times where I was just like, I'm not going to continue this because I just it's too much work. And then seeing in the last I would say in the last about four months i've gained like oh about 1600 subscribers in about four months oh wow yeah it just i hit that thousand uh 1500 subscribers i hit that thousand mark and as soon as i hit a thousand it took me a year to hit a thousand a whole year 12 months and then as soon as i hit a thousand in the last four months i'm already at 25 wow wow yeah so it's been growing, you know, when I look at the, and, and going back to the analytics, yeah, I mean, I get people all over the world and, and they'll send me messages and be like, oh, you know, I'm from Germany or Germany, I'm from, you know, this place, Asia or China, and I love your videos. I'm like, man, it's crazy that everybody literally all over the world. Pretty, pretty insane to see everybody watching the videos. It really yeah. is, isn't it? I mean, it I, I, I think too, for us too, it's just amazing that people are actually willing to go and download and listen to our uh, once a month bunch of dribble coming out of our mouths kind of a thing too it's quite impressive and yet i do it i consume all of those uh, podcasts of everybody else for the same thing because so. <laughs> <laughs> you listen to everybody else's podcast oh i miss so i i work by myself all day long uh, out of a company truck so and i've stopped i stopped listening to the radio years ago so I just, I listen to podcasts all day long. That's pretty much all I do is listen to podcasts. And so, yeah, I, I do listen to all of the RC helicopter podcasts. There's actually a couple of other RC podcasts, RC Roundtable. I listen to RC After Hours, although Andre hasn't released something in a while either. Um, and I, there's a couple of other uh, really good RC. There's actually quite a few actual, actual RC and RC flying podcasts that are that are out there and available for for download yeah i have i have i never even thought to listen to the podcast uh, it just never never crossed my mind yeah and of course the good one if you ever get a chance to the old the old rc heli nation was kind of like the godfather they and they've just started up again now with a new with mostly a new crew just a couple of months ago now 
and doing a very good job, an excellent job. And, uh, but they've they've been around for, or they were putting out a lot of podcasts for quite a few years. Uh, and of course, it's going to be sad to see Freefall. And we haven't actually talked about it on on here, but it's I'm going to be really disappointed to see. Uh, I, I can understand why the guy Freefall wants to call it quits. They've been doing it for seven years now. And, you know, 300 episodes, over 300 episodes that they've put out. That's crazy. It's a lot of work. It is. And so I can understand them wanting to uh, wanting to call it quits. But at the same time, I'm going to miss having listening to them every Friday. They were regular yeah. every Friday. Yeah, yeah, me too. And, you know, some, some people complained that, you know, that they had turned into basically ju- just, a, just a blog kind of, kind of podcast, right? I mean, they just... Uh, say what they what they did what they plan to do and you know what's the feedback from the community and i thought that was entertaining i mean they don't really need to have a a topic i mean topics dry out i mean we've seen it ourselves right i mean it's hard to come up with new topics because someone has already talked about it and although you can put your own spin on it it sometimes sounds repetitive right i mean there's uh and and then you know we're not like like Nick Maxwell that has you know all the knowledge in the world you know I mean we just talk out of our little experience and we don't want to do a disservice to the community by saying something that that is that is not entirely accurate so you know topics you know are hard to come by so so I get it I get it and uh, but I still think that you know that it was entertaining enough and and I'm I'm also going to miss those guys it was it was really fun they were a great bunch of people you know and even when they talk about movies and stuff, I mean, it's still fun. You know, it's it's yep. still really fun to listen to them. I'm, I mean, they they had amazing chemistry. You know, through all these years, they could hit at, at each other and uh, you know talk about each other and and you know it's just like listening to a bunch of friends talking about the hobby. You know that that's what it really is, and that's fun. You know because you really feel like you're with them at a fun fly listening to them talk. And it's really fun. I I am also gonna gonna miss that. And it was one of the of the few things that you know you look forward to every week because they kept churning out every single week episode, which was amazing. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we 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 figured out. I mean, we were bi-weekly and we had to go to monthly because it was hard to allocate the time to 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 do these. So kudos to those guys. Yeah, you're right. You had not talked about that. Uh, um, you know, you and I, Darren, have been listening to them for a, for a very long time, and it's um, you know they've grown to be. I I think of them as you know as field buddies, right? I mean, like the people that you go to fly with on the weekends. You know, that's how they feel like, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Because because they open up about their lives, and you know they open up about you know what movies they're watching, what home improvements they're doing. You know, you get to learn <laughs> about the person, right? Yep. Not just yep. about what they're doing in the hobby, which is the main main goal. But still, you know, you get to know the person behind that. And it's really cool, you know, because that that brings them closer to feeling like you know them, right? Like like they're buddies. Because yeah. when you go to the field, you don't always just talk about tuning and and batteries and stuff, right? I mean you also talk about personal things. So um so yeah, I I um it's a shame. I do understand why, you know, it's it's a long run. Uh, and I think that they they decided very good way to end it because they announced uh, well um, Jeff um, basically they they announced that they were finishing 
this year. So that means that they'll have like 11 more episodes. Well, when they first announced it. So I think that was, uh, that was a very good way to go. They're going to be planning the way that they're going. They want to do one episode where they gather as many of the podcast scene as they can. They want to do, you know, they just did like their final review that they're going to be doing of a helicopter. And, you know, they, they can plan ahead, um, you know, how they want to wind down and basically go out on top. Because I think that, um, except RC Heli Nation, it's probably the most well-known uh, RC Heli podcast out there. Yeah. So, um, and, I mean, wow. let's, let's face it, like Javier, you and I would never have connected if it wasn't for them. Yeah. And we, th- there's a lot of these other RC helicopter podcasts in some ways probably would not exist if it wasn't for them. They, you know, <laughs> we're going to give Steve and Kevin, especially a big head here, but uh, you know, the, with how encouraging you know you talked about earlier jeff about wanting to bring new guys into the hobby and so on and so forth and the one thing that steve and kevin i think have done a great job on is just encouraging other podcasters to be honest and they've helped me out with some with the some of our problems that we've had they've they've helped out a lot of other podcasting uh, groups with a lot of their with uh help and problems and they are basically the ones that have kind of introduced all the different podcasters together. We we actually have a Facebook group amongst all of the Heli podcasters that was started by the guys for Feefall. Yeah, wow. And so we all know each other because of them. Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah. yeah it's, so it's, it's possible it's that really we've gonna be all sad gone... to see them go. Yeah, I think that we've all gone through to their show at least once, right? Yep. I've been, I started listening to them, I think around episode 30, somewhere around there. Yeah, yeah. So, so it's it's a whole legacy. It's a whole legacy. And uh, I know that it's going to be hard. It's 300 plus episodes. And I tried that with RCHN when I was driving a lot for work. You know, I was gaining, but, you know, I couldn't. Uh, you know, do all of the episodes uh, because it's 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 hard to to listen back to all the episodes because you know everything is old and although it's entertaining <laughs> and stuff, you know it's just things that are not current anymore, right? Yeah. So um, so they're talking about things that happened and that may you may have not even been involved with or even even had any knowledge with because you were probably not deep into that hobby at that point in time. So yeah, it's it's hard to back listen to them, but probably a few episodes, Jeff. You know, you probably owe it to yourself to just uh, listen to a few, and probably just keep on going with the rest if 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 you want to, you know, allocate time to that. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, it's a it's a whole different branch, I guess I could say uh, about the hobby, and uh, and it's great because you know, as I said, I I think that it it's very much like being able to reach out, right? What you said, you know, in the old days there was no one to really reach out to, you know. Now you have YouTube channels like yours where you can get a lot of useful information and we have podcasts where you can really feel like you're interacting with people even even if you're not actually going flying over the weekends. So it it's uh, it creates a good sense of community. So I think it's it's really good and and yeah, it's uh, it's going to be sad to to let them to let them go and um but hey, we got um we got RCHN back. Let's see how much they go. They seem to be going strong. And, uh, you know, things go in cycles, and who knows? Maybe they will be yep. back someday. Yep. Yeah. 
it's yeah, I'll definitely start listening to some now. I, my wife gave me her Spotify account because I don't have one, so I'll just be listening on hers. But it's it's great to you know to, to, for everybody just to connect and talk and listen. And I just think it's I think it's awesome. Anyways, yep, yep. You know, it, it just it pushes what I try to do in the hobby and help everybody. And you know, of course, some people don't like me, but that's okay. Yeah, not everybody will like everybody. <laughs> yeah. Not a, I try to be, you know, and I I just try to I try to to be at the same level, and I never want anybody to think that I'm better than anybody or somebody because trust me, I'm not. I'm not a great pilot at all. There's way better pilots out there than me, but I just try to be humble and try to help, just so we can progress our hobby and just be that down to earth person. Because, like you said, when you go to the field, you don't just talk about helicopters or airplanes; you talk about life it's great to connect and know people on that level yeah i definitely think i like the podcast definitely well javier have you got anything else should we wrap this up um i think we're ready to wrap wrap this up so jeff uh thank you very much for being with us i think it was a great conversation to getting to know you uh to uh you know to talk to someone that is so deeply involved into the hobby that um you know on on another niche right on on the youtube piece and as you said sometimes the uh the podcast piece uh or the podcast niche and the and and the youtube niche sometimes don't collide with each other so it's good that we create more and more community and i think that it was a a great time uh talking to you getting to know you getting to know what you're doing for the hobby getting to know how much you enjoy the hobby and how long you've been in the hobby because you've been in it for like forever so um so really i appreciate you uh being uh, here with us well i thank you guys very much for having me on i greatly appreciate it you know, i think it was it was a great conversation and yeah you know, it's great to it's great to see everybody come together so i, I you know mm-hmm. i like that yeah yeah thank you very much and uh, just as a as a quick note i left the the link for that web page that we talked about on the chat as well on discord if you want to check it out Okay. And if people wanted to get in touch with you, how did how do they get in touch with you? Uh you can just send me an email at westhobbiesrc at hotmail dot com. Or cool. on Facebook. If you're on Facebook, it's just Jeff West. Cool. E-roar. Sounds good. Take us out, Javier. All right, very well. So thank you very much. Thanks to all our listeners for staying with us and keeping up with us. So we'll be sure to have more content for you. Thank you very much. Keep listening and have a wonderful day. See ya. Bloopers and outtakes. Bloopers and outtakes. And there was much rejoicing. Okay, so if everyone's ready, then I guess you... we can get started. No, we're not ready. You're not ready? You're not recording? <laughs> well, I was going to ask, are you recording? I am. I have been recording for a while to get any bloopers. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I only just started recording a couple minutes ago. And, okay. Uh, yeah. Other than that, this weird Canadian is never ready. So, you know, just start whenever you're ready. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs>
Okay, yeah, I'm so, up. In, uh, I'm up in the west coast of Canada here, so. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. I've never been to Canada, so I don't know. <laughs> oh, greatest place on earth. So, how so. did you like the experience, Jeff? Oh, it was good. It was a great. Uh, it's a great, great time. I greatly appreciate you guys letting me come on and bullshit for two hours. So, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> that that was the, that was the goal. That was the goal exactly. I, I I couldn't have put it into better words. <laughs>